When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a new week and a new edition of Houston Sports Weekly, our weekly podcast here on ClickToHouston.com and KPRC2+. We are approaching a full year of the big podcast. We appreciate all the great support watching, listening each and every week. Myself, Ari Alexander, Chancellor Johnson, bringing you the latest and some great interviews each and every week here on the podcast. A little bit later, Chancellor's going to weigh in. Uh, he'll have some uh, chat on the U of H Cougars in their basketball program, that's coming up. But I'm going to start uh, the evening now with uh, the latest from the Houston Texans. We're going to hear in a moment from uh, Damian Pierce and also part of my conversation as well uh, from uh, the two guys that lead the afternoon show on Sports Radio 610, Clint Sterner and Ron the Show Ugly. The uh, Texans uh, now three weeks into their OTAs, finally wrapping these things up. If you've been following our coverage, it's been a busy offseason already since the draft. They held rookie camp. Uh, they've held a couple of weeks of OTAs. This has been the third week and the final week. And uh, it's been good for us to go out there. I'm not going to lie to you. Once a week, the media is invited out, a chance to go out and watch practice. Uh, they were out there each and every day, but one day a week we're allowed to go out. So we did that earlier this week and heard from some guys as well after practice, including Damian Pierce, uh, Dalton Schultz, and Nico Collins, along with head coach uh, D'Amico Ryans. Uh, hey, you know, let's face it. They're, they're wearing shorts and shirts. Everybody basically looks good out there. Uh, it gets kind of competitive maybe uh, when you're seeing the DBs go to work on the receivers. But other than that, it's basic drills, but what everybody's paying attention to, of course, is the quarterbacks and who's running with the first team, who's running with the second team. Uh, that's it, it's what everybody's talking about, right? It's is it, isn't it what most people are caring about right now. That's going to be even bigger when big camp opens in late July, and that's set for July 27th. Mandatory mini camp, by the way, is next week, two days. Uh, those that don't show up could be could be fined by the team. We'll see if that happens, but. Uh, and that'll wrap up their offseason. They'll take a break before big camp. Right now, we're going to listen in uh, to running back Damian Pierce. He spoke with the media. Here's some of his conversation as he answered some questions for about 15 minutes uh, earlier this week at NRG Park. Oh, oh, okay. Oh, um, I don't know. Try to get more yards, more touchdowns, be a bigger role on this offense, be a better leader. You know, just get better, my boy. Get better, my boy. CJ's <laughs> uh, a great kid. Uh, I love the way he's come in and work. Uh, you know, obviously, uh, he's a high drive pick, so uh, there's a lot of expectations on him. He's handling it very well, handling the media very well, handling the playbook, the transition to college. He's a quick learner. I would say that he's a quick learner. And, um, the only thing I tell him every time I'm on the field with him, bro, command the huddle, bro. Don't be scared. Don't be shy. Don't shy away from that leadership role. You know, you got guys on this team who are behind you and who will help you in that aspect, and we're here to lift you up. So uh, you go out there and make a mistake, you know that you got solid ground to fall back on, and we're going to help you through it. 85% of it got to go to Coach DB. Um, Coach DB makes sure – that he spends extra time with uh, not only me, but all of us, making sure that we're uh, very precise in our pass protections because uh, 
you got to do two things to play for Coach DB. You got to uh, protect the ball and protect the quarterback. And um, we've been working a lot on both. Because uh, last year, I think I had four on the ground. I'm trying to drop that to zero. You know, uh, one is one too many. So uh, we've been working a lot in that aspect, uh, kind of working on a lot of things without the ball. Because you know that everybody in that room is very capable of doing great things with the ball. So it's more so what can we do without the ball to help our offense. What excites you about this offense that in the past has been really running back friendly? Uh, I'll say it's running back friendly. Uh, that's one thing that excites me. We run the ball. I love that. But uh, I like the, the the dynamic that Coach Slow brings. You know, he likes to attack the defense in every way possible. You know, if he sees a weakness, he's gonna pull that thread into the whole bar, the whole ball of yarn comes loose. So he's gonna pick at the defense. He's gonna put the defense in a um, position where they gotta think, and um, not where they can react. You know, he likes a lot of moving. He likes a lot of motions. He likes putting us out. You know what I'm saying? So once you get the uh, the intent behind his offense, you know, it's really easy to catch on, and um you know, and uh, adapt to. But uh, I think right now he's he just making sure we're um, putting our emphasis on the, the why, not more so what we're doing, but why we're doing it. And um, when we get to training camp, he's going to rev it up some more. Oh, the more ways I get the ball, the better, baby. I love that. I love that. But uh, I got a lot of great guys to look at. Uh, most recently, probably Christian McCaffrey. You know, he thrived last year in that league. Uh, well, on this, in his offense, you know, just getting – you know, out of the backfield, getting in the flat, you know, catching hitches or whatever the case may be. You know, it's multiple ways to get the running back the ball. You know, I'm not only myself, you know, we got we got Moda, we got Dare, we got a lot of great third down backs. There's a lot of guys that I can model my game out there, a lot of guys that I can learn from. So uh, as a group, you know, collectively, we've been working on that before practice. After practice, we'll walk and talk it. Not so much uh, getting the rocks, but DB always keeps it on mind, you know, this thing, like, we're not the last, we're the last read on a lot of stuff, so we got time. Like, get our depth, get in the right spots, and, um, you know, just be precise of what we're doing, you know, from, you know, landmarks wise. You know, if we're supposed to be over the ball, make sure we're over the ball. If we're supposed to be two yards from the line of scrimmage, make sure we're two yards from the line of scrimmage. You know, he's just making sure we detail that aspect. All right, that is Damian Pierce, the starting running back for the Houston Texans. Uh, what a breakout rookie season this kid had uh, last season. He's confident, he's back, he, he got the support. The comments from the veterans, which he really liked. He mentioned that in some of his statements there, uh, specifically from tight end Dalton Schultz as well, uh, calling him out and uh, for what he did last year and just really how he carries himself. And uh, always entertaining, Damian Pierce, uh, when he's holding court at the podium, and he had some fun with it earlier this week. All right, uh, so again, we've been covering the OTAs for three weeks. We've got our takeaways we're all out there. A bunch of media make the appearances out there. After practice this week, I had a chance to pull aside uh, uh, two friends from Sports Radio 610, Clint Sterner and Ron Ugly. They're part of the drive with Sterner and Ugly, heard each afternoon on Sports Radio 610. Uh, here's some of that conversation as well as we talked about what our takeaways have been and some of the keys they think have come out of OTAs as we look forward to mandatory minicamp and big camp coming up in late July. Again, conversation with Clint Sterner and Ron the Show Ugly from Sports Radio 610. Check it out. Hi, everybody. We're here outside of the Methodist Training Center hanging out with Clint Sterner, Ron Ugly from The Drive with Sterner and Ugly, Sports Radio 610. Guys, three weeks of OTAs in the books. This has been riveting. And we get to watch for a little bit and see some of the action out here. These guys get some work in. Look, man, I love it. Anytime you can come out here and watch an NFL franchise 
uh, work in the offseason and, and with, with all the young draft picks that they have and the youth on the team mixed with some of the older fellas that they brought in, uh, it, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a beautiful day, man. It's, it's uh, four panels, eight laces, leathers in the air, and, and we get to watch it. So uh, I enjoy the heck out of it. All right, uh, every day we're out here, not only is it going to change, Ron, everybody's watching the quarterbacks. That, that's going to be the topic moving forward. We just got to get used to it, right? Absolutely. And it's fun, though, right? Yeah. Like, this is, and, and I think watching the quarterbacks is kind of a symbol of this team. It feels like it's real this this time. Like, you don't have to kind of fake yourself and, and kind of come up with scenarios of how this could be a successful team. You see the talent out there, and I think the quarterback position is a reflection of how real this organization has has begun to get, has gotten here of late. All right, watching these uh, quarterback drills, and again, we get a limited sample when they allow the media to watch, but what are you seeing in these drills? And I'll start with you, Clint, from C.J. Stroud and the way he's kind of carrying himself and communicating with the guys out there. Well, I think from an on-field perspective, there's just a level of effortlessness, if you will, with a, a top-five drafted quarterback. Whether you're talking about the ability to throw the ball with touch underneath to the running backs, a lot of guys struggle with that. Um, it's just it's all fastball all the time, and, and it's hard on the running back. CJ's got a got a knack for for that level of touch. And then you look at some of the wide side throws, the down the field throws. They're just effortless for him. And so it really is from a passing game perspective. It really is just about him learning the speed of the game and and learning this offense, man. And it's it's been it's been fun to watch. Although we've only seen it three times now, four times with rookie minicamp, you can see it you know a week apart each time, and you can see some growth. So it's fun. Fun to watch a young man become a professional, and it's it's very easy to pick out the the number uh, two overall draft pick yeah. and, and those tangible abilities for sure. All right, uh, mini camp is next, and then they take a break. Then regular camp goes uh, starts in late July. Uh, when you look at the quarterbacks' pecking order. Is this going to drag into the preseason? You think they might establish that? Hey, CJ's the guy in training camp. They better. <laughs> uh, that that's what the establishment needs to be. I mean, we see from week one to now, week two to week three, he seems to establish himself as to be the guy that is running yeah. with the one. So hopefully about that. But I don't want to just keep talking about these quarterbacks. <laughs> what about the guy they moved heaven and earth to get? I'm loving Will Anderson, I baby. Know, I'm I loving. We talked about it last week. I think we can clearly see why they love that cat. Yeah. He looks like he wants to be out there every snap. And I can't wait to see him in pads as we get closer <laughs> to see. But he looks different than everybody yeah. else with his speed and athleticism. Like his, like his size, like I move. Well, let, let's, I mean, let him have that defensive yeah, stuff, man. Let's, bring, it, offense, let's so. bring it back over to this offensive side <laughs> of the football. Let me tell you something. Watching Tank Dale today, and I've watched him yeah. three times now, you can make what you want about his size. You can make what you want about coming out of U of H and, and the offense that he played in. Yeah. That kid is a weapon. That kid is going to be a problem. He is a weapon for Bobby Slowick, for C.J. Stroud. He is going to be fun to watch. Can play inside, can play outside. I don't think. I think people are pigeonholing him because of his size into a slot receiver. I don't think that's the case. Um, he's he's uh, he's the real deal. He's going to be a problem. Yeah, he's fun to watch, and I, I hopefully he's durable. That's the thing. You see him out there. He's just not that big, but hopefully he can take the hits. I want to ask y'all follow up. Just the receiving core in general. How big of a concern is this right now with? Who they, they're going to be throwing out there right now? Do they need to go seek some more help between now and training camp starts? It's the it, to me the biggest issue they have right now. Uh, everywhere else, you can kind of say, okay, I can put together some things there. The receiver position, it is clear they are short 
uh, a weapon. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I think that's going to be the thing to watch to see if they can add some, some pieces there. Yeah. I've been really happy. Oh, good. Well, no, no. I, I, look, I just think when you talk about the receivers, it, it's it, there's clearly several guys that could be twos and several guys that could be a three receiver. Yeah. The problem is, is, is you don't have that top end guy that can that a, a play caller and a quarterback can rely on. And so with this particular group, I think they got to go seek help because without help, their their offensive coordinator, their play caller, and their quarterback, they're going to be handcuffed any way you slice it. Now the problem is, is Who's out there? Who's out there? Right. What are your options? Um, and, and we'll see. When guys come available, I like the fact that they're flipping stones on guys, that's for sure. But if you're an opposing defense, you're probably looking at these guys saying, who, who scares us the most? Yeah. Nobody right yeah. now, and they're gonna, it's going to make it easy for opposing defense. One last question before we wrap it up. The presence of uh, being around D'Amico Ryans, the way he's uh, dealing with things right now, the staff he's put together, you like what you're seeing in here? Love what I'm seeing across the board, not just with D'Amico. Not surprised at all with D'Amico Ryans. Um, we spent some time with him initially when he was first hired, and it, it was it was obvious immediately that this guy's got that it factor. So not surprised by him. I think where, where I've been surprised is, and I don't know if it's him rubbing off or if it's just a little change of course here, but the way that Nick has seemed to, to open up a little bit and, and the way that C.J. Stroud um, – has been able to communicate with D'Amico and Nick. It's almost brought a little different vibe from the management, if you will, the head coach, the general manager. I like that that level of communication, which I think obviously stems from D'Amico. The man also looks like he can still play linebacker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. I just think when D'Amico got here, uh, it, it became serious. Yeah, like they 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 felt like a serious organization. And in the past, um, I'm not I'm not so certain that that they did. And you can see the. Him being here, what it's doing for the fan base, for the people here, people are buying in big time and have come back. There's a buzz back. There is, yeah. and and he is the perfect person to to get that because there was a separation between the fan base and and this organization, and they needed a special person, and he was the perfect person to do that, and he's already done that in the short amount of time he's been here. All right, OTAs in the books. Mini camp is next. Clint Sterner, Ronda Show, Ugly Sports Radio 610. Guys, as always, appreciate the time. You bet, brother. We'll Thanks do it again. All right, All right, Randy. Good to see you guys. All right, great conversation with Clint and Ron talking Texans. We're inching closer to big training camps. It's going to be a lot of fun later this summer. We're going to take a break here on Houston Sports Weekly. Uh, when we come back, Chancellor Johnson is going to handle segment number two. He's going to talk uh, with some U of H Cougar basketball players, how they're spending their offseason, including – the key guy returning, Jamal Shedd. That and more when Houston Sports Weekly continues. Welcome back to Houston Sports Weekly. Now time to check in in the offseason with the University of Houston Cougars men's basketball team. I got a chance to catch up with a few guys over the past week for their second annual For the Players NIL fundraiser event over in the Woodlands at uh, Carlton Woods. Um, it was, it's a really cool golf tournament that, that, as I mentioned, the second year in a row where a lot of donors and sponsors can kind of come by and play a couple of rounds of golf with some of the players last year, of course, um, Marcus, guys like Marcus Sasser, Tremont Mark, Jairus Walker, guys who went on to help lead the University of Houston men's basketball team to another AAC, uh, conference, a championship, uh, at least in the regular season, then lead them on to the Sweet 16. Really cool event. And so this year, no different. This time it was actually at a different location 
um, but still a fun event, no less. Now, as I already mentioned, some of those guys that I mentioned earlier, guys like Jairus Walker and Marcus Sasser, they are headed off to the NBA for the NBA draft in just a couple of weeks. Another name uh, of, to note, Tremont Mark. He will not be a part of the team next year as he will play with Arkansas since he decided to transfer away from the program. So the University of Houston and, and Kelvin Sampson, they had to retool. They had to go out and get some guards to replace some of that production. It's, it's hard to replace a All-American guy like a Marcus Sasser and hard to replace some of the production that Shamal Mark gave you. Of course, you know, it's good luck trying to find another freshman, 6'8", that can play on both ends of the court like Jairus Walker, who will be a top five pick in just a couple of weeks or uh, at worst top 10 pick. But they added some guys like LJ Cryer from Baylor who can shoot it. Absolute has a clip on him, can shoot it from anywhere on the court. They added guys like Damian Dunn. And they also got the return of point guard Jamal Shedd, the reigning AAC Defensive Player of the Year. I got a chance to catch up with all three. Take a listen. Here with the reigning AAC Defensive Player of the Year, Jamal Shedd. Welcome back, sir. You decided to return back to the University of Houston. Why? Uh, it's a lot for me here. You know, there's a lot of incentive. And uh, just the alumni, my teammates, and then, you know, the coaching staff, it made it easy for me to return. You know, I felt like I can get more out of this upcoming year. You guys retool, adding, you know, a new backcourt, Damian Dunn. You have uh, LJ Cryer. What do you like about the potential of this backcourt moving forward? Uh, you know, we're unselfish, and, you know, those two guys can really score the ball. So um, I'll, I'll make sure that they get the chances to do that. Let's go with Damian Dunn. You had a chance to compete against him over the past couple of years in the AAC going at Temple. What do you kind of you know, know about his game and, and what excites you about him and what he brings to the court? He's always been solid. You know, you never see a flaw in his game. He never tries to do too much. And uh, he's just really under control. And you can just see the maturity in his game. So, um, you know, it's been really fun playing against him the past two, three years. And uh, it's going to be really fun playing with him. You lost a shooter in Marcus Sasser, but you gained a new one in LJ Cryer. What do you like about his game? Uh, you know, LJ shot 46 from three last year. Crazy. You know, that's, not, that's unheard of. <laughs> so uh, I, think, I think we'll be pretty good in that department. Last one, you guys are headed to the Big 12. What's kind of the, you know, the, the mood and the expectations as you guys are taking that next step up and we'll play a lot of really good teams this year? Yeah, you know, just taking one game at a time, you know. It's different. It's different. There, there you go. It's a different. It's a different league. You've been, you've been talking to Kelvin, I see. Man, that's, that's the dude I try to follow. It's a different league, but, you know, they're going to have the same mindset as we did this year. One game at a time, you know, just focus on one point at a time. Here with one of the newest members of the University of Houston Cougars men's basketball team, LJ Cryer. And LJ, you could have really went to any school that you wanted to after you transferred from Baylor. But why the University of Houston? Um, I feel like the culture here is unbelievable. I feel like the coaching staff believed in me and – I feel like the players um, welcomed me with op open arms, and I feel like they wanted me here, so um, it just felt like home. You've been a member of the Houston Cougars for, what, a month now, and you're already using the culture word? Oh, yeah, for sure, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, they preach it, and, you know, culture could be a cliche term, but, I mean, I feel like the culture here is actually real. So, What excites you the most about having the opportunity to learn from head coach Kelvin Sampson? Just seeing how, how far I could take take my game at the end of the day, um, I feel like he's going to demand excellence out of me, uh, never let me slack off, uh, and just hold me accountable. So I feel like the sky's the limit when, whenever you have someone like that. Last year, U of H had one of the best backcourts in the country between Marcus Sasser and Jamal Shedd, and you see Sasser is taking a step up to the next level. 
Uh, what's your excitement level to, to continue that tradition with Jamal and what you guys can do in the backcourt this season? Uh, yeah, I'm very excited, especially um, after following what those guys have done. Um, I've seen um, like what it took for the, for those guys to get to this point. So, um, I mean, I feel like I could fill those shoes, and I'm very excited because you know Jamal's a very unselfish player, and um, I feel like we complement each other very well. You shot 46% from three last year. I know numbers don't lie, but how good of a shooter are you, man? Uh, I feel like I'm a great shooter. Uh, I feel like I'm one of the best shooters in college basketball, if not the best. So uh, I put in a lot of a lot of time in the gym, and uh, I feel like the numbers show it. Last one for me. I know you left on your own terms because you wanted to seek out different opportunities, but do you have the, the date circled of when you go back up to Waco and play some of your old teammates? Uh, nah, I just got the first day circle, uh, my first game in a, a Cougar uniform. Uh, I'm just ready for that. I'm super excited to play in a Fertitta. Never got to play in there before um, and just super excited to play with my brothers. Here with one of the newest members of the Houston Cougars, Damian Dunn. And Damian, did you decide to transfer to Houston before or after you guys upset them at the Fertitta Center? Um, <laughs> nah, I decided to come down afterwards, afterwards. And, um, it was a good day for me, though. Uh, a lot of high emotions that night, so, yeah, probably after the game. Well, obviously, it happened after the season, but uh, for you, you had an opportunity to compete against them for a number of years. Uh, we always throw out the word culture. A lot of times when you talk about the University of Houston, how have you kind of seen that so far since you've been in the program? Definitely. And um, this is only day one of just summer workouts, but uh, just being around, you know, I got down here a little early, probably like a month before today, just to get acclimated, just to get my feet wet. And uh, that's really all I felt is just, you know, how much of a family bond it is and how much people hold each other accountable. And, you know, that's just what makes up the culture that's here. So I just wanted to be a part of it. You were one of the top targets, you know, in the transfer portal for a number of teams. But, but what stuck out about U of H when you decided to come here? Yeah, um, well, like you said earlier, like um, I've been a competitor against them for four years straight. You know, I've seen them twice a year, scouted them kind of like know what they're all about, you know, and just me kind of just knowing my personnel, just trying to plug myself into different situations where I feel like I could fit. I felt that Houston was the best fit, honestly. So um, just a place where I can untap different levels of getting better from different aspects of my game and just having people in my corner to make sure that I'm getting there every day. So I felt like this was the best way to do so. You talked about that today was day one of off-season workouts. I've heard, you know, it's, it's really tough. How would you kind of describe what it was like out there this morning, 6 a.m., running with the guys while you guys were trying to get things going for the off-season? Uh, it was fun for me, honestly. Like Light work. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say light work, though, <laughs> but, yeah, it was fun for me, though, like being a more experienced guy on this team, you know, just uh, talking up guys, uh, working my way into just, you know, guys hearing my voice regularly, you know, just waking up every morning to ground with your new teammates is something, you know, I, I cherish and look forward to doing, like, like, now, not only today, but all the way up until we start in November, so. Speaking of looking forward to, I know a lot of Houston Cougars fans are looking forward to what can be another year of a dynamic backcourt between you guys, between you, LJ Cryer, and Jamal Shedd. What excites you the most about what you guys can accomplish as they move on to the Big 12 this year? Um, really what most excites me is how we uh, can make each other better, like picking up each other where one may lack, you know, whether it's, you know, it's different sides of basketball, but, you know, I may lack something that, you know, Jamal has to a T, you know, and just seeing that every day 
learning from it, watching him work on his craft, same with LJ, and just kind of like taking things from each other's game, you know, competing against each other and just making each other better, but also, you know, becoming brothers at the end of it too, you know, that's something that I'm looking forward to. You've had an opportunity to compete against Jamal Shedd for a couple of years now. Now you're his teammate. What stands out, you know, as you had an opportunity to scout against him and play against him over this past couple of years and now um, wearing the same jersey as him? Mm -hmm. um, I would say, you know, I, I usually describe him as kind of like a floor general, you know, like a real just heady, nosy, always one step ahead of the play. Not, if not one, probably two or three majority of the times. A real tough, feisty, like, Played against Jamal plenty of times, like, and uh, I love competing against him. And um, I feel like he brought the best out of me every time we uh, laced them up together. And uh, now that we're on the same team, I feel like we'll be able to, you know, connect and be able to make some big things happen. Now you guys are out here on this hot Houston day for a golf event, yeah, trying to raise some money for the NIL. I see the, the, for the sir, Players Classic. Sir. How cool is it that you at least op even op uh, at least puts out an opportunity for you guys to? A little bag for you guys with the NIL money. No doubt. Um, it's a great opportunity, you know. Uh, for me, I take it personal and just, you know, you know, slowly work my way into becoming a part of the family here. And, uh, you know, just doing my best to shake hands with everybody, introduce myself properly the right way, and, um, you know, just enjoy my time here out here on my brothers and you know, the supporters of the, the team and the organization. So it's been fun. How's the golf game? My swing's cool. Like, I, I posted <laughs> a little story on my uh, Instagram about the swing, so if y'all want to want to see how it looks, just go watch. You know, it's all right. You need some work, though. Who's the nicest out here when it comes to the clubs? When it comes to the clubs, I ain't seen a lot of good swings. I seen Ramon. <laughs> I seen, we, were, we was practicing earlier before we started. I seen Ramon. Ramon kind of know what he doing a little bit. I seen E-Man. He had a few balls, too. So it's kind of up in the air. But I think I'm in the mix, though, for sure. So really cool to hear from those guys uh, at the For the Players NIL event. Um, catching up with LJ Cryer for the first time, who is a local Houston kid, um, grew up here, ended up going to Baylor, had a lot of success in the Big 12. So, um, you know, I think it helps to have a guy that's been there, done that, has played in some of those, t you know, that top conference like the Big 12, has played at Kansas in Allen Fieldhouse, has played against a, a team like Kansas State who went to the Final Four last year. Um, Damian Dunn. If you've been keeping up with the Houston Cougars, um, you, you saw him last year and, and, and the role he played in helping to beat the University of Houston when he played at Temple. And now he will be rocking a U of H jersey. Uh, it's a lot bigger than I, what I thought he would be, but he will be a nice addition as well. And you can't overstate what it means to have Jamal Shedd, who I think is, at worst, a top three point guard in the country come back for his senior year to help lead what many fans hope to be another Final Four for Kelvin Sampson and squad. I'm super excited to see this season as they take the step up and move on to the Big 12. That'll do it for this week's Houston Sports Weekly. We will see you next time.